Welcome to Real Talk with Real Sisters. I'm Brooke. And I'm Emily. And this is a podcast where we can have conversations about the real stuff. Everything from relationships, health, faith, and daily life. Today, we'll be talking about why the mainstream view on health can actually do more harm than good, and how to get back on the simple track of intuitive eating and listening to your body. But before we dive in, we always just want to start off our podcast with a quick question of the week. And this week, I just wanted to check in with how we're doing. So, Em, how are you doing today, and how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like my weeks working at home have been pretty good as far as staying productive, but they've definitely been very repetitive. But I feel like this week was a good week. It went by really fast. And I've also found with working from home that the weeks can go by even faster. Maybe it's just because I'm doing the same routine every single day, but they've been going by really fast for me. How about you? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I feel that too. I just feel like one week I was like, oh my gosh, when is this uh, quarantine going to end? And then I woke up one morning and it was like we were 100 days in or something. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy that it's already been like four months. Yeah, I know. And I was talking to someone at church this morning saying that I don't think anybody thought that this was going to be this long of a thing. I think I didn't think that it was going to be just two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I knew it was going to be a while, but I don't think that we'd be looking into the fall and having conversations about having school at home for the fall semester. I know. Even just thinking back to the 15 days to slow the spread. Oh my gosh, such wishful thinking (laughs) now. It just seems like so not how this was going to go down. But yeah, but still grateful that I get to work from home and I honestly like it better than going into work. So yeah, for sure. It's a luxury. I, um, I am doing okay. My I keep telling this to like friends that ask me. I feel like I have been just this roller coaster of emotions during this pandemic because everything has just been stripped away from my job as manager of the cafe that I love. All the things that I love about that job were just taken from me. Um, And this is like inevitable. So you just have to deal with it and learn to cope and adjust and learn new normal but that took me a long time and I'm still if I'm being honest I'm still like working through it but I feel like this past week I got a little glimpse of oh I can still have the things that I love while also being in this pandemic and I went to um, this little village called Skinny Atlas that was about like 30 minutes away and I spent the whole day there and just found a lot of comfort, peace, and joy from going around the little shops. Even though I was wearing a mask on, it was nice to like see other people walking around doing their normal things. And it just felt like, oh man, this is what we used to have. And maybe this is okay that it looks different, but it's a new normal and it's okay. 
So yeah, I'm definitely grateful that we can still go into shops and grocery stores and things like that. And more things are starting to open and people are feeling more comfortable. Like our malls just opened a week ago. So I'm definitely thankful that things are kind of getting back to normal, even though they're not really normal. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get right into today's topic. So we're going to be talking about some more personal struggles we've had in our health. And if this relates to you, I just wanted to mention, don't hesitate to reach out. We have an Instagram for this podcast called Real Talk Real Sisters. Um, That's the handle. And we would love to just hear your story or any thoughts you have on this podcast or coming off of this podcast, things that you learned. And we would love to encourage you and um, walk with you through your health journey. And a disclaimer that I just wanted to put out there is that today we will be talking about food, dieting, and how it affects us. And if this is a triggering topic for you or if you are super sensitive about these types of conversations, please do not feel bad about closing out of this podcast. We are not health professionals and are simply just sharing our opinions and personal experiences. And we obviously hope that this information is beneficial to you. Yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to start off the podcast with the simple question of what are we talking about when we say today's mainstream view on health? Can you answer that for us, Emily? So when we talk about today's mainstream view on health, we mainly are talking about information that is flowing out to us on a daily basis, whether that's Instagram ads for workouts or eating plans or health apps. It could be diets that people are pushing on us like influencers or our friends even, family, and that could be anything from intermittent fasting, keto, high carb, low fat, food combining, counting your macros, counting your calories, whatever it may be, there's a ton of them. And that's just kind of what we are talking about today when we say today's mainstream view on health. Yeah, I feel like on Instagram, it's just a pumping of like health and diet and exercise ads, at least in my um, ad section of Instagram. It's just overwhelming. Yeah. And I feel like too, whenever you search something, like if you were to search a healthy recipe on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook, whatever, it automatically sees that and it will start generating ads geared towards that. So whether that's a workout plan, an app, whatever, it will just automatically pump that out to you in ads. Exactly. And I think that's damaging in the way that it makes us over focus on exercising health everything like focusing focusing on our weight focusing on how we look our image everything but it's interesting because it's so normal even in commercials you see beautiful women and it's not it's not like it's a bad thing but it's also just making us focus on the wrong things i guess mm-hmm So if you're obsessing over diets and your body, you can have body dysmorphia. If you Google that, it's basically a mental health disorder in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance. 
a flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others. But you may feel so embarrassed, ashamed, and anxious that you may avoid many social situations. So basically, you're just looking at your baby cheeks. Like, I have baby cheeks. And I could obsess over how round my face looks. Whereas if I asked John, my husband, if he notices my baby cheeks, he'd be like, no, like, I think your face is so cute. So it's things that you see that you wish you could change, whether that's through dieting, or whatever and you wish that you could change that and you obsess over it whereas other people don't really see that so you obsess over your health and then eating only certain foods that pertain to a certain diet and with that you feel like you need to exercise all the time so that your eating isn't going to waste and it's just a whole cycle that repeats itself every single day and every single week I feel like we also get super excited about new fads that come out because it seems like it it works for like a couple people really well and very fast. I feel like that's where a lot of the influencers, whether that be YouTubers, Instagrammers, whatever, I feel like that's where their role can be a little bit damaging because they're also not health professionals they're not dietitians they've not gone gone to school for this so if they're starting like this big one that started recently is called food combining where you only eat certain foods together and you can never eat a certain group of foods together and that is not backed by science at all it's just some random girl that came up with this food combining and i've actually watched a video that a i believe she is a health professional that went to school so she knows what she's talking about she looked at this food combining diet and she said that there's no scientific facts that prove the food combining diet to be beneficial there's no scientific research that backs that the food that you're combining is actually good for your digestion because that's the whole thing with food combining is that it's supposed to be good for your digestion and that's how you lose weight and you feel better but there's really no influencer without having gone to school for health can tell you that this is a certain diet that you need to follow and that's where we get into trouble not to get too much into intermittent fasting but i tried that for I think I would say the the longest stretch of a fad that I tried was intermittent fasting. And something that I found was I obsessed over what I ate in the morning, when I ate it, obviously because you're on like a clock, and then really stuffing myself during my eating window, which is so unhealthy because now you are not actually following when you're actually hungry. You're just eating all the time because you're anxious to get all of the things that you're craving in during that window. It's insane. And I can talk about intermittent fasting in another podcast, but that in itself is just so unhealthy. Yeah, I think it's interesting too when you look at intermittent fasting and how some health professionals say it's beneficial. And even Max Lugavere says that he likes intermittent fasting and I think he may even practice it himself and he has wrote a couple books about health and I actually do agree with a lot of what he says, but for me it's very much 
personal experiences. So for me, I cannot eat in an eight hour window. And I've even heard too that it's not healthy for women to eat in an eight hour window because of their hormones. And that if you really want to do intermittent fasting, you should do the 10 hour eating window. And so for me, I don't think it's healthy for me to be skipping Mm -hmm. breakfast and start eating at 12 o'clock unless I'm really just not that hungry and I just naturally Mm -hmm. intermittent fast. But I think that's an interesting diet because you really aren't training yourself to listen to your body and to listen to when you're hungry. You're training yourself to not listen to your hunger cues and to say, nope, even though I feel hungry this morning and I've been doing this diet for three, four weeks or whatever, even though I feel hungry this morning, I'm not going to eat because somebody told me that it's healthier to eat in an eight hour window. Exactly. Yeah. Which is a great segue into what exactly intuitive eating is. So Emily, can you just give us a really basic understanding of intuitive eating? So intuitive eating basically is exactly what it sounds like. You eat when you feel like it and you eat what you, what you feel like eating. And you eat basically to your cravings whenever you feel hungry. You're really listening to your body and you're not following any particular diet. So you're eating that cookie after dinner because you feel like it you're not eating that cookie after dinner because you don't feel like it. And why is it better to listen to your body? So it's better to listen to your body because then you're giving it what it needs. And I've actually heard that your body will tell you what it needs as far as nutrients, protein, carbs, fats. So if you're craving a avocado on a salad, then your body is saying, hey, I need more fats in my diet. And if your body's craving a sweet potato and a sandwich, your body is saying, hey, we haven't had carbs in a while. We actually really would need some carbs today. So your body is telling you what it needs by your cravings. And so if you listen to those cravings, then it's a lot healthier because then you won't binge on things later. What would you say to somebody who is just starting out intuitive eating? Because I feel like you can have cravings up the wazoo of like all these different things, but maybe they're not necessarily your body telling you what it needs yet. It needs to be trained to tell you what it needs. Would you say that's pretty accurate? So I have actually experienced this myself. So I came off a pretty restrictive diet Uh, a couple years ago. And so I watched this video of some health professional in Montreal and she said, let yourself eat whatever you want. And if you let yourself eat the 10 cookies three days in a row, on that fourth or fifth or sixth day, you're not going to need to eat those 10 cookies. You will eventually feel satisfied with just one cookie or no cookies. You might even feel sick. In her experience, she actually continued to eat cookies. I think her favorite cookie was a peanut butter cookie. So she made three batches of peanut butter cookies and just stored them in her cupboard. And after a couple weeks, 
she couldn't even think about eating another peanut butter cookie. Wow. And so in my case, I kind of took that video that I had heard about her experience and said to myself, okay, I'm not even going to think about how many calories are in these or how much sugar is in this. I'm just going to eat it because I know that I've been on such a restrictive diet and I'm just going to eat it until I'm sick of it. So I, I think I ate like a whole jar of almond butter every single week, literally just eating it out of the jar. And I did that for mm. weeks, but I didn't feel bad about it because I knew eventually I wouldn't need to eat that much almond butter. And now I like barely even touch almond butter. I do eat peanut butter sometimes, but I barely even touch those things. So I think if you are wanting to become more intuitive, I would just say don't even worry about what you're eating. Just eat whatever and however much you want. And then eventually you won't need to feel so obsessed over what you're eating. It won't even come to your mind. And that in itself is sort of retraining your brain, it sounds like. Yeah. And not to say that you won't gain weight or whatever. I think I gained probably 15 pounds in just resetting my metabolism and getting it to a better place and not needing to eat that much. But eventually, the whole science behind it, and there's actually this girl called Stephanie Buttermore on YouTube, and she did this as well. She's a professional weightlifter, bodybuilder. She did a lot of competitions and so she was not eating very much to lean down for these competitions, but over a extended period of time that really hurt her metabolism and her hunger cues. So she was feeling hungry all the time. And if you search her on YouTube, she'll talk about her all-in process where she basically just ate whatever she wanted and she did this. She just stopped Well, she didn't stop, but the experiment was for one year. She was giving herself one year to do this all-in process. And so she just made a video of that whole experience. So if you're interested, it's just Stephanie Buttermore on YouTube. And she let herself eat however much she wanted. And eventually she gained so many pounds, but now it's slowly coming down which is what I had in my experience I ate whatever I wanted I gained 15 pounds but I have lost that and probably a little bit more just because now I'm eating whatever I want when I want and I'm not having these binge sessions and I'm not obsessing and just my quality of life is a lot better and Emily I know you've had a little bit more of an experience with all of these health um, diets and just trying out everything. Can you tell us why you were trying out everything and just give us a little bit of your story on your health journey? Well, I think I initially started dieting because I was into weightlifting. And so everyone that I followed on YouTube was talking about like counting your macros and counting your calories. And so I kind of took that to the extreme of Not only am I counting my macros and calories, but I'm also only going to be eating healthy foods and never really indulging in ice cream, cookies, whatever. Ended up losing my menstrual cycle through that because I just got really lean. And then about a year later, I, or maybe it was two years later, the years kind of have blended together now. 
but I ended up having really bad eczema and I really focused on eating then to heal my body inside. And so I went on a autoimmune paleo diet, which naturally is just all healthy foods. So I wouldn't say I purposefully lost weight through that. So I'd gotten my menstrual cycle back right before that. And then I had this whole eczema thing. Then I went on the autoimmune paleo diet, lost a bunch more weight just because I was trying to heal my skin. Ended up healing my skin, but my menstrual cycle had disappeared again. And that was at the point where I started eating more and more foods to kind of gain that weight back because I knew the only way that I was going to get my menstrual cycle back was to eat more food and just let myself gain weight. So that's in a nutshell, I can go way deeper, but in a nutshell, that's kind of my health journey and why I had been switching to so many different diets. And also you had mentioned you gained weight. Can you tell us why or how you came to terms with prioritizing your health journey and your healthiness in general over your number on the scale? So that it was very hard for me to come to terms with seeing myself get a little bit bigger, even though it wasn't much. Like I said, I have a baby face. So when I gain weight, you can really see it in my face. And that really bothered me. I basically would just put makeup on every day, do my makeup really well to make myself feel a little bit prettier. And then I essentially got rid of all the jeans that didn't fit me and went and bought a couple pair of jeans that actually did fit me because I knew from other videos that I'd, I had watched on YouTube, other people had gone through the same process. They basically had said, don't worry about the clothes that don't fit. Just take it as an opportunity to go out and buy a couple really nice pieces that are going to fit and that are going to make you feel really beautiful. So I think that helped a little bit with the weight gain is just doing things that made you feel beautiful. And I also made sure to take time to relax, get massages, enjoy the downtime that I had and really focused on other things that weren't weight related or that didn't really let my mind wander into that area mm. of obsession over weight and looks. So yeah, just doing things like reading, walking, and also trying not to obsess over exercising, even though I was eating a lot. Uh, a lot of people say that you really should not be exercising during that time if your specific goal is to get your menstrual cycle back. So I really didn't exercise that much. I maybe went on walks. So just doing things that made me feel good but didn't obsess or let me have a lot of downtime to think about those things. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's important too. You really prioritize that health aspect over over the number on the scale because now it set up your brain to focus on health in a way a whole different way Mm -hmm. so that you could set yourself up for success in the long run yeah that's true I guess I didn't really think about how that could affect you long term too not just for the time being and what you're doing in that specific time but for down the road when you are in a better place yeah for sure so I 
also have gone through some things not as dramatic as Emily or um, life-altering like eczema. I feel like we need to have a podcast just about Emily's eczema journey because it was a feat in itself. Um, But I do want to just touch on body dysmorphia really quick because I have struggled with this. I only just learned the term, but now I understand, oh my gosh, that is what I focus on and that's my struggle. So Emily explained it earlier, but it's basically taking little things about yourself that you are heightening and focusing on and not seeing yourself as a whole as beautiful. You're just like focusing on the little imperfections that nobody sees. So I feel like I, I've i definitely struggled with this. And especially like recently, I just had like a family photo done and I was like looking at myself and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And it's so just not worth the time or the energy to even think those thoughts. And I just heard also this quote that I think rings so true and I want everyone to hear this. It said, be careful what you say to yourself because you're listening. And when I heard that quote, I thought, oh my gosh, how many things have I said to myself throughout the day that have been just destroying my self-image and the way that I view my body and my beauty. So I just want to encourage everybody that's listening to say encouraging things to yourself throughout the day instead of listening to those little things that come into your head of imperfections about yourself. Those imperfections, like Emily said about her husband saying that he loves her baby cheeks, somebody else might love those aspects about you or someone else might appreciate them in a way that you are unable to see because you're so honed in on seeing them as a an imperfection yeah and another thing that i actually just remembered so when i was going through my whole eczema journey i was so focused on my skin and how awful it looked that i started writing things about myself that were not related to my skin and i would put those up like on my mirror or um, in my car around the house and so it would just say little things like you are beautiful you are encouraging you are enough you are a great listener you are a great worker things like that that are just encouraging and don't focus on your looks or in my case your skin and it just is encouraging to you to know that there's so much more worth to you than what you look like and what your weight is. Yes. And you have to remember that this is just today and that tomorrow is going to look different and it's a new day. And I feel like that's something that I wish someone had told me when I was going through a lot of the acne struggles that I went through. Um, I started getting really bad cystic acne on my cheeks when I was um, training for a marathon and post-marathon, I or half-marathon, I should say. Um, but after, after the marathon, it was still really bad. 
And I just felt so defeated. And I wish somebody had told me this is just right now and it's not going to be forever and it will pass. It will be gone. So just remember that you're beautiful and there are things about you that are that make you a beautiful person that have nothing to do with what people are seeing on the outside. And and they're the qualities about you that will last forever. So mm. I think that's so important to focus on. All right, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to this Real Talk with Real Sisters. We hope you enjoyed this episode on why we are such huge advocates for intuitive eating. We'll see you next week on the podcast. 